Hey, what's up, Longhorn fans? This is Texan Overtime. My name is Jordan. I am the Daily Texans Associate Sports Editor. My name is Hunter. I'm the Daily Te- or a Daily Texan Senior Sports Reporter. Yeah, we're kind of big shots here yeah, you know? in, in the basement at the Moody College of Communication. Yeah. We're, we're literally in a basement right now. It's, it's a scary place. No, like... Have have you ever been down in the basement like super late at night, like walking down those stairs outside of this of the Hearst building? It's scary it, stuff. It is scary, but <laughs> I think it might be some time to talk about some Longhorn football. What do you think? <laughs> Obviously, Texas and Alabama played. Um, had the twenty to nineteen point loss for the Longhorns. Um, I guess if we just want to kind of start in each. Uh, how how do you how was your experience? Uh, just Leading up to the game, because you uh, did some college game day stuff, um, media-wise. Oh, it was such a mess, but in the best way. So I woke up that morning at like 4, 4.30, because I had to get myself put together, because I had to start walking over to the LBJ library at like 5.45, 6 o'clock, so I could pick up my credential. But like the ESPN SID Julie, she didn't even email us with our media credential information until 4 a.m. that morning. So it didn't even really seem like she knew what was going on. So I met up with Jason from TSTV. We ended up finding each other and we wandered around LBJ absolutely lost trying to find our media credential pickup for like 30 minutes. But then when we got there, um, it was probably about like 10 minutes before they started rolling cameras and everybody started getting really loud. And the moment that college game day officially got kicked off, everybody was screaming. All of the frat bros, like, painted it all orange. We were just, like, holding up the signs and throwing up the horns up. The, the Alabama fans were absolutely nuts, too. And I was just all up in their faces. Like, I had my phone. I was going all the way up to them. They were all screaming in my camera. It was a crazy experience for, like, 6.30 in the morning. And then we got to go behind the scenes on set and you just casually saw freaking Pat McAfee. It's just I was fangirling so hard. It was it was kind of gross though. We were all super sweaty. It was amazing that I like packed like spray deodorant because otherwise you would not have had a fun time in the press box during that game. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> You're so welcome. Yeah, my my experience was a little different. Um, you know, got there um, in the stadium, in the press box, and I just see the swarm of fans that are let in, and you know, it's a little reminiscent of LSU, but um, just people just striding through bleachers, just absolutely <laughs> hyped, and 105,000 people ultimately came, and it was a good time, but um, what you kind of see from the Longhorns, uh, I know we kind of talked about uh, what we saw like defensively, you know, <laughs> um, it seemed like there was a vast improvement. What did you kind of think about that? About the defense in general? Mm -hmm. I mean, so we talked a little bit about how Sark was kind of speaking on that very first media availability Mm -hmm. before that ULM game about how he wanted to move the defense generally like closer to the line of scrimmage, just especially like those safeties and defensive backs. And that was just to like give Texas's defense just – bigger pass rush presence and we kind of saw that we saw a little bit of the remnants from 
Gary Patterson, who joined UT's staff as what was what was the title? Like the assistant special to the assistant head, to the head, yeah, head coach. coach. <laughs> yeah, you saw it though. Though it was interesting that he was on the sidelines because I thought that he was supposed to like like stay like in the press box or like somewhere else and that he wasn't allowed to be on the sidelines but he was there and he definitely had this big presence on defense I mean you saw Jalen Ford absolutely go off he recorded that 11 yard sack and I think he had 10 total tackles on the day it was a big big game for our defense especially Ford and our D-line yeah I was I was just overall like really impressed um it just felt like you know obviously besides that one like run in the first quarter where they just absolutely just torched mm-hmm. the entire team. Um, it felt like they just kind of shut down Alabama um, mm-hmm. for the first three quarters, obviously. Um, I think there was like 186 yards or something like that mm-hmm. first three quarters, which that's not, you know, we saw Alabama torch Georgia, you know, in the SEC championship mm-hmm. last year. And so for um, Texas to kind of go out through that, you know, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, moral victories are not worth very much. But um, it was kind of, it was... You know, because it's one thing to do it against Louisiana Monroe, um, and because you know we we kind of talked about it, like oh, you saw like a million Longhorn logos flying to the ball on defense, but to see against Alabama, that was pretty impressive for three quarters, and they went six straight drives with just punting the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, that was wild to see, honestly. You've got to, you've got to nuance it a little bit though, because as impressive as Texas played in this game, I've never seen an uglier game from Alabama. I mean, they have never had 16 penalties in a game before. If if they have, it's been a very, very, very yeah. long time. This, we definitely saw Saban get pretty upset throughout the game. And then there was that sound bit at the end where his players were throwing <laughs> horns down and he was like, knock that bleep off. <laughs> yeah, I, like, because initially I was like, oh, is, are they just like, affected by the the crowd noise but mm-hmm. it, it's kind of weird because a lot of penalties just happen on defense and mm-hmm. um you know like if it's a false start or something you're like okay that's because of the crowd mm-hmm. but um to jump off sides on defense to mm-hmm. face mask someone block someone behind the back it was they definitely gave texas a lot of chances to win the game so we definitely have to be can't mm-hmm. can't be too overboard about uh texas mm-hmm. improvement but yeah mm-hmm. it, there's something strange to see. I doubt we'll see Saban's team give up that many turnovers or that many penalties anytime soon. Probably not. I'm sure that Saban ripped into them during, mm. in that locker yeah. room. Gosh, yeah. did he, you saw whenever Kool Aid mm. <laughs> Kool Aid McKinstry had the two back to back PIs mm. in the red zone? I think we only ended up. No, we didn't get a field goal. Yeah. Out. That was the bad snap, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'll ask you this question, right? Okay. This is a little fun question. Okay. Right? Would you rather be an Alabama football player in practice right now, this week, you know, getting chewed out by Nick Saban, or a Texas A&M fan? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be an Alabama player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, my gosh. The the, the yell leader. At, mm. What do they call it? The midnight yeah, yell? Yeah, they're trying to silence that video. <laughs> that, <laughs> that needs to be spread. Okay, wait, so so what exactly was the video? I remember, so, like, 
obviously mm-hmm. Texas A&M has the midnight yell yeah. thing that they do Their tradition. every year. Yes, they are very proud of it. They do mm-hmm. it before every every game. And the yell leader was just slandering Appalachian State, like mm-hmm. saying like, oh, like they aren't a real like they, they aren't a real mm-hmm. state. What are they doing? They they have like two brain cells. Yeah, There's I nothing else to do. Two brain cells. Quote, they said, <laughs> yeah, they have two brain cells, and yeah, they're usually gonna knock them out. Well. <laughs> So, context, y'all. Appalachian State is just a crazy team. I mean, they're a crazy home environment to play in. You saw that last week against UNC. They just narrowly lost. I think UNC um, was ranked number 14 that week, too, and that's like a big rivalry game. They lost final seconds due to just their kicker yeah yeah kicking, very kicking very hard. typical yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what happened in that in that a&m game mm, that's well from what i remember just you know appalachian state they just held on to the ball for a lot out possession them but um yeah it's kind of i'm sure texas fans um gave them some comfort after you know losing the number one team um mm-hmm. i definitely saw a lot of uh a&M fans jumping the gun on social media before the their game started. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's always a little bit of fun with the rivalry. Oh my and stuff. gosh! Yeah, you did you see that Barstool A&M tweet where they were like, like, yeah. like they're like little bro only, only A&M yeah. can beat Alabama the with the backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama can't mm-hmm. beat us unless they injure yeah. our QB one. Yeah. I I remember being in third grade, feeling the same exact way. Komakoi, uh, by the way, 2009 national championship. You see, um, I don't remember that game vividly. I do remember being in third or fourth grade, sitting on my grandmother's rug, watching that final Texas-Texas A&M game where Justin mm-hmm. Tucker won the game winner and just rampaging around my grandmother's house, knowing nothing about football other than whenever you kick it, through the goalpost, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they'll it'll be interesting to see um, what Texas can do at quarterback this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sarkeesian was talking about uh, you know at the media availability. Um, everyone was asking him what he was doing with the quarterback or who his possibilities, and you know maybe it's Charles Wright, maybe it's um, it's not Malik, <laughs> it's Murphy, not Malik Murphy apparently. Um, <laughs> maybe it's Roshan and the Wildcat. And the wildcat formation, <laughs> exclusively fun. wildcat. Mm. Okay, wait, so we didn't contextualize this very well. So during this Alabama-Texas game, first quarter, Quinn Ewers, he's a transfer from Ohio State, one of the most highly touted recruits ever. He had a perfect composite rating from 24-7 sports as a quarterback. He was originally committed to Texas, went to Ohio State, came back here, won the starting gig in a quarterback battle with Hudson Card, and he looked phenomenal on Saturday. I mean, he was able to hit all of his receivers. He was able to make, like, the easy screens, the checkdowns, but also, like, have a couple of really flashy plays. But then he goes down with an injury. Hudson Card comes in, gets a little nicked up himself, and Hudson Card's main selling point is that he can extend like plays with his legs, and he gets an ankle injury. So the fact that Texas was able to hold on and nearly win that football game was pretty impressive. Yeah, um, for a moment, uh, I guess the entire country kind of saw what Quinn Ewers was, and um, I think he had like 134 yards in the mm-hmm. first quarter, and that's um, 
believe, like, the fourth most any quarterback's ever had in a quarter against Saban. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, uh, Sarkeesian kind of listed everyone as day-to-day, um, whatever that means. I, I feel like, you know, um, after Alabama weekend, I'm day-to-day right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a little day-to-day, too. Yeah. That, was, that, was a, that was a rough weekend. Yeah. And, like, it was, it was amazing and eventful and the best college football experience that I've ever had. But I am still exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any last thoughts you, we want to leave off with? Um, goodness gracious. Um, the UTSA game this week should give us a little bit of a break. We're, Texas is coming in as pretty big favorites to win that one, though. Obviously, favorites don't mean much whenever Alabama was favored, like 20 points to us at home. And UTSA kind of proved last year that they're not a team to really mess around with. Yeah, it's it's always interesting. Um, UTSA, they've been in those two overtime games. So, yeah. you know, they are kind of experienced playing close games. So uh, if, it gets, if it gets close, you know, um, it might be dicey. Okay, so I have I have one one final mm. question to end off with. Yes. Okay, with all the injuries that Texas mm. has, we have we have Quinn Ewers probably out for four to six weeks. Mm. Um, Hudson, he's day to day with that ankle injury, as is Deshaun Jameson. Who do you think needs to come up big in this next game against UTSA? Um, I'll probably have to say just um, I mean if the defense as a whole you know continues act. Um, the way it's been, I feel like Texas will be fine. But offensively, um, you know, I feel like Bijan will be ready to go. Um, we, um, you know, he he's was one of the people listed as a day-to-day shoulder injury. Um, but he himself said today that he's, you know, going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, we've kind of yet to see, like, you know, we've seen flashes of Bijan moments, but we haven't seen, like, a Bijan mm-hmm. stat line. So, yeah. um I guess if Texas is gonna like survive this little stretch, it'll be about like Bijan being Bijan, but you know also mm-hmm. carried by Roshan and mm-hmm. the offensive line. Of course, yeah. I think that O line needs. I think the O line has been doing a really mm-hmm. good job protecting the quarterback. A huge step up from last season, even though Texas has a very, very, very young O line. You have mm-hmm. Kelvin Banks and Cole Hudson, both true freshmen, thrown in there. Um, I think the only upperclassman is Christian Jones starting at right guard and he's a fifth year so that's that's something that's entertaining to watch but I think that the O-line can probably do a better job at um, making lanes and holes for Bijan I think if that happens then this UTSA game should not only be a cakewalk for Texas but should be a huge improvement in the running game and protecting whoever is going to be starting at quarterback yeah that would definitely be definitely huge and uh well, excited to share the booth with you once again Saturday. It'll be a fun night game. Those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but am I bringing candy corn again? You have you have the bag. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I have bag. I have to I have to bring the candy corn. Mm. Should I bring anything else? Um, a charger. A charger. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely sneaking some of those red Gatorades out of the press yeah. box again. Yeah. And they taste like gummy bears. They're so good. The free food in the press box usually freaking slaps. If y'all ever want to report for the Daily Texan, just look forward to free food with reporting on baseball and football. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Yeah, well, uh, 
this was the Dex- Texan Overtime. Um, I'm Hunter, and this- I'm I'm Jordan. Oh, let's let's drop our Twitter handles real quick. Um, you can find me at the Jordan Kenzie, T H E J O R D A N K E N Z I E. You spelled it out. Um, <laughs> and you can find me at at Hunter Dorsick. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time.